Welcome to Challenge Accepted. I'm your host, Stephanie Lucas, a marriage and family therapist by trade and mom to a daughter with hearing loss. I'm creating a space for parents and caregivers of special needs families to find support, validation, and acceptance by sharing stories of a broad range of families with unique challenges. While this isn't therapy and does not replace the advice of a medical provider, we'll dive into the tougher parts of parenting together and join a team of support from others who get it. This next half hour is about you, your experiences, your emotions, and being allowed to take up space as a parent and human being. So hands in, ears on, hearts open team, this is Challenge Accepted. Hey team, today my interview is with Katie Park. Katie and I knew each other back in our college days. You'll hear her to refer to Linfield and their legendary football legacy. I followed along on social media when her son was born with a cleft lip. Recently, I reached out to her to share her story, and I'm so glad that we connected. Being a special needs parent can fall all over the board, from finding out in utero like Katie, to families who go through months and years of diagnostic struggles, like Krista in episode 3. Some families are able to find treatment and move forward with relative, quote, normalcy. And some families are working hard on finding some sense of normalcy for years to come. Katie does such a beautiful job highlighting that even though their family may not face daily medical challenges, having a child with a unique challenge truly changes your family from the inside out forever. She shares about her emotional experience of blaming herself and wishing she could have prevented it as well as the strength that her family has found in celebrating differences, their accomplishments, and looking at their experience as a blessing. She is a badass mama warrior who will take you to town if you talk bad about a cleft difference, and I love that fire and advocacy in her. When I asked for her intro, she said, I'm a work-at-home mom of three, a small business owner, and a wife to my best friend. Every day is an adventure, to say the least, but we always try to smile through it all. Listen in as Katie shares her family's experience with her son's cleft lip. All right. I am joined today by Katie Park, who is going to tell us a little bit about her family and their journey. Welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Excited to be here. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your family's experience. So, yeah. So Logan was actually my second born. My daughter Kaylee was a perfectly healthy baby. I did have gestational diabetes with her, but other than that, my pregnancy was uncomplicated and healthy and she was a perfectly healthy little baby girl. Um, The ironic thing about Logan's pregnancy is because I had gestational diabetes with Katie, I made the effort earlier in my pregnancy just to be healthier. Um, I was doing prenatal yoga and just trying to be eating healthier. I had horrible morning sickness with Logan though. So for a while, all I could eat was crackers. (laughs) (laughs) to be honest it was at least something getting in my system um but I actually really worked harder to be healthier with his pregnancy um and so it was a really big shock when we learned about his cleft lip um because as far as we know there's no family history anywhere in our family but we have since kind of learned that there is some odd family just stories that just seemed a little bit too peculiar to be coincidental um and leads us to believe that there is something genetic, but there's no definite hard fact that uncle, like uncle Bob had a cleft lip and that's, you know, this side of the family sort of thing. Um, but 
it's it's a journey that I'm now grateful that we've been on, but it was a tough journey and it still is tough. It still has its moments, but um, I'm, I'm thankful for what it's brought and what it's become in our family because it's kind of our thing now. Yeah. So tell me, <laughs> tell me what that was like for you. It must've been quite a shock. And it was, I mean, as a mother, when you're carrying your child, your one job is to grow a healthy baby. That's pretty much your only job. And to get that call that I'm getting emotional thinking about that. There was something wrong with my child, no matter how big or how small, there was something wrong with my baby broke me. And I felt like the biggest failure. Um, because like I said earlier, I had been trying to do everything right. I, you know, I maybe had like one beer before I was pregnant sort of thing, but I, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking. I was eating healthy. I was exercising, which I did not do my previous pregnancy <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I, my background's in special education. And so I kind of immediately, when I got those words were, I heard it, I kind of went into clinical mode almost of like, I needed to know everything. Mm-hmm. And then when I got off that phone call with the genetic counselor, I broke down and, um, I called my husband and I said, you need to come home right now. And he's like, what's wrong? I was like, there's something wrong with Logan. And he didn't even know, he couldn't even hear, you know, what I was talking about. He was on his way to a meeting and he called his client, turned around and came straight home, not even knowing, like for all he knew, Logan was not alive anymore. <laughs> the way I was yeah. acting. Cause I had had these visions as we all do as parents for what I had envisioned for my child, the life he was going to lead. And now I'm at this point of, we didn't know how severe the cleft lip was. We didn't know how severe the palate was going to be affected. We didn't know anything other than on this ultrasound at our 20 week anatomy scan. Um, it appears that he had a cleft lip. And typically what they told us is if they can see a cleft lip on the ultrasound, most likely the palate is affected. Um, but it's hard to ask a child in utero to open your mouth and show me a good picture, you know? Stick your tongue out. Yeah. All right. Say, ah, no, that's not going to happen. Um, so we had really no idea. And my mom's profession, uh, you know, she's been retired for several years now, is a speech and language pathologist. Oh, wow. So I called her and I said, I need to know everything. Come over right away. And I, like I said, I kind of went into that clinical mode. Um, but at the same time, I felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. Had it been that one beer I had before I was pregnant, did I do something wrong? My, I failed my child. And now he's going to lead this life of heartache and misery. I mean, it sounds very extreme and very, you know, um, negative, but in those first couple hours and even first couple days, like that's what it was. Right. Um, and the one thing my mom said to me when she came over and she's hundred percent right on this is this is not going to keep Logan off of the football field. We're a big football family. Mm. As you know, <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie knows about the Linfield uh, football legacies here, but um, <laughs> it's not going to take him off of the, off the football field. And that kind of reassured me that it's going to be okay. Um, but those first couple days, and I actually told the speech and uh, not the, uh, the genetic counselor, she's like, Hey, we need you to come in for one more ultrasound. And I'm like, well, we're set to go to Disneyland in a week. And I was like, and I need Disneyland. Like I need to be on the happiest place of earth right now. Like that's where I need to go. Mm-hmm. And so we actually pushed that second ultrasound out almost two weeks. So it was about two weeks of a lot of unknown and it gave us time to process stuff, but it was emotional to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. How did you wind up finding peace with feeling like, feeling like it was your fault, even though I know that's such a common thing to feel in the beginning that. Yeah. Um, you know, I still, even up until after he was born, um, and even when he was going into surgery, I still had a level of guilt because, you know, as a mama, it's our job to protect our babies. And I know I didn't do anything wrong. And I know that most cleft um, cases are isolated and there is no reason for them to happen. They just do. Um, there's no genetic component. There's no, um, at least that they know of at least. It's just, you know, what it is. And for us, um, I turned to my faith a lot and I just said that God created Logan exactly as he wanted him to be made. And there's a reason for it and it's not my fault. And I need to trust in this plan. Um, and you know, there was a, there was an analogy that I heard. I'm in a, one thing that did save me, let me back up is I was introduced to a Facebook mom's group called the cleft mom support group. And it was a lifesaver. Mm -hmm. Um, just hearing from other moms that it's going to be okay. And that you're actually going to miss the smile after mm -hmm. they have surgery. Mm -hmm. At the time I didn't understand it, but I do miss that smile so much. Mm -hmm. Um, so hearing their stories helps me realize that I didn't do anything. This isn't my fault. It's okay. It just happens. Um, but they shared a story in there about how the analogy was your entire life. You've wanted to go to Paris. You've planned for it. You have bought all the books for it. You finally get your plane tickets to Paris and you're so excited. You're on the plane and then you get off and you're land, you've landed in Holland. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Holland. Holland's beautiful. It's amazing, but it's not Paris. And it's okay to feel disappointed and upset and mad and hurt that you aren't in Paris. You just have to eventually find the beauty that is Holland and enjoy the journey that you're now on. And that really resonated with me at that time of, you know, this isn't what I planned. This isn't what I wanted, but it's going to be okay. And we are strong people and we can get through this. Um, and so it took some time. And like I said, even when he was in surgery, getting his lip repaired, I cried for 15 minutes in the pumping room. That I, every emotion came out of me. Yeah. And it was like, he wouldn't be going through this if I had done this differently or whatever, but it's, um, and I think that's the one thing that most moms I think need to understand is it's, it's okay. And it's not their fault. They didn't do it. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. the luck of the draw that our little babies get. Yeah. So. I know you, so he had to have one surgery or multiple surgeries? He, he only had to have one surgery. Luckily, um, his palate was not affected. His palate was completely intact, which was kind of the miracle we had been praying for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hope for the best, risk, they pray, prepare for the worst sort of scenario. So he had his lip repaired at three months old, um, exactly to the day he was three months. And um, handing your three-month-old over for surgery <laughs> is not an easy task. Um, surgery yeah. is scary for adults, let alone a tiny little baby. Um, so I'm very happy though, that we did not have to do the pet, the palate surgery. Cause that's apparently 10 times worse. Sure. He still has some surgeries ahead of him in the future. Um, so we aren't done, but as of this point, he's had his lip repair and then he had his tonsils out, which is just a normal kid thing, <laughs> <laughs> not cleft related at all. Yeah. So was it, what was the experience like kind of with you and your husband in terms of, you know, did you have different experiences of grieving or adjusting or? Yeah, I am a talker. I talk through my emotions and I like to connect 
to people through shared experiences and shared stories and just where we are in the grief process. But my husband, we call it his elevator. He gets in his head and he just like rides his elevator floor to floor to floor thinking of every scenario, every this, every that. And he analyzes everything, which is why he's so good at his job, but it didn't resonate well with me, especially that first night. So I'm late, we're laying in bed and I'm like, talk to me, talk to me. And he's like, Katie, my, this is my son too. I'm upset. Like he was mad, Mm. but not at me. It's just, I was trying to connect of how I needed it. And he was in his head. And, um, he's later come out and said, he's like, you know, as a father, you're the protector. That's your job. And here he was literally couldn't do anything much like I was feeling too, Mm -hmm. um, is his, his little boy, his buddy boy, as he ends up calling him, like he couldn't do anything to, to fix it. And my husband's a big fixer. Yeah. And so struggled with that a lot. Um, but he was, he's also the, the sound one. And so he was my rock through a lot of it. Um, and the reassurance. And so even if in his own head, he was struggling, he was always, always there for me. So I couldn't have done it without him, honestly. Yeah. It's so, it's such a journey, a different journey for everyone, but at the same time, we kind of help each other along the way, I think. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Well, what would you say to a mom who is maybe just finding out or having an experience that is similar to yours? Um, it's okay to be upset. First and foremost, you, what you're feeling right now is totally fine. Um, we've all been there. We, I was mad. I said, not nice words as my, I say around my children. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was angry at myself. I was angry at the cards we were dealt. Um, But at the same time, don't let it ruin the rest of your pregnancy. Enjoy what you have. I mean, because if you find out at your 20-week scan, like most of us do, you still have half your pregnancy. Enjoy it. Do the maternity shoots. Do the baby showers. Do everything you would do for your, lack of a better term, and I hate this, normal child. Mm -hmm. Um, And enjoy it. It's not your fault. Um, And heck, even if it is a family genetic thing, like, it's still not your fault. Um, One in 700 babies every single year are born with some form of a craniofacial deformity. So it is a very, very common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, don't let other people downplay the struggles that you're going through because it is a common and a simple thing. It's still a big deal. And don't let other people make you feel bad for feeling bad. It's okay. Um, but at the same time, it's gonna be okay. We are blessed to live in a country where surgery is so readily available. Um, and there's so many resources available for families to get the surgeries that we need um, in this country. Um, that was one thing we are we live in the Sacramento area and we had four hospitals to choose from with amazing teams. Um, and I couldn't even imagine living in a country where the surgery, they don't ever get it. And so it's okay to be upset. It's going to be okay though. And you will miss that smile so much. Like, <laughs> Speak of the devil. He literally just walked in right now. <laughs> hey, buddy, give mommy a minute, okay? Wait, um, I no. Want, I want my son's fine. Okay, go get him. He wants his food. See, <laughs> typical, it is a totally typical boy. Ask yeah. your dad. Ask your dad. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. What this is all about, right? Right? But, um... <laughs> Totally typical boy asking for his french fries. Totally typical boy asking for his french fries. He's covered in dirt 99% of the time. Um, And yeah, the journey was a little bit different, but it's, it's been an amazing journey. I have made some amazing friends through it. 
Um, and I think it has made us stronger too. Um, so it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things I think on, on our experience of being able to see kids down the road who were, who were fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, they may still be dealing with it, but for them, it was every day and totally. Yeah. Normal. It's like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, you can make it right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it may take a little bit more work to get there, but, mm-hmm. um, it's, it'll be okay. It'll, you'll get there. And our kids, they're so strong. Like these, our cleft kids are so, so strong. And there's a reason why the hashtag is cleft strong because <laughs> what they, what they go through, um, is, is incredible and, and resounding for sure. So, yeah, you said it's kind of your thing now, your family's thing. So how do you think that's changed kind of? Family? Um, it's just, we really work on, as parents, Calvin and I especially really work on just teaching our children that everybody is different and that's okay. Like, and we use the example of like, yeah, like Logan with a special lip is what we call it. Um, be like, everyone's different, but they're still cool people. And it just kind of has instilled in our family, this sense of no matter how you're born or what you look like or anything like that, like, as long as you're a good person, that's really all that matters in this world and that we need to be accepting and loving of everybody. And I think it's helped too, because kids do have a natural curiosity about things that are different. So my children will see somebody say in a wheelchair or that is missing an arm or something. And so they are curious, but it's just like, yeah, that's who they are. And they're probably still pretty freaking cool people. (laughs) Um, And it's just become part of our family kind of dynamic and um, not dynamic, but culture, if you will, that, you know, that's who they are and that's how God made them. And they're probably pretty amazing but you know so that's yeah. that's the, that's one of the best things I think that's come of this for our family yeah almost that perspective changes like realizing how amazing they probably are because how yeah. how much they have to go through yeah, absolutely <laughs> absolutely sure. we've always said Logan smiles so much because he knows how hard he works to get that smile because this dude does not stop smiling he's mm-hmm. laughing and smiling all the time I love that and, and I definitely think it's because he knows that that smile came with the price and it came with some hard work so yeah, totally. Absolutely. Well, anything else about your experience that you feel like would be important to share for someone else to know? About um, I would, I would definitely stay off of Google if you can. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what most mothers would say when something's, if your kid's sick or whatever, because Dr. Google can get, send you down a scary path, but there are some amazing, um, Facebook groups like I mentioned in particular, the cleft mom support group that have been just amazing. Um, there are moms of all phases of this journey from brand new little tiny babies to prenatal to those of us that have grown children. There's even some people in there that were born with clefts that don't have cleft children, but have, but offer an insight of, Hey, I'm an adult and this is my journey and this is my story. And this, and it's just been nice to have that community of people that are traveling that path with you mm-hmm. um because it can feel very 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 isolating um and it can feel like you're on an island a lot because no one really understands they don't again people look at a cleft lip and they sometimes say oh that's nothing like oh I'm glad it's just that it's just a cleft um and yeah in the grand scheme of things I we are lucky that it wasn't something more serious but at that time it is still very very emotional and very serious for us when we are learning about it um so having people that get that, that it's not just a cleft, 
is is huge. Um, so find find a group, find people, um, and and do your research in regards to a cleft team. We particularly chose to go with a cleft panel team, which means all the doctors work together. And every about two and two two and a half years, they visit Logan or he visits them, and he sees like ten doctors in a day. And then they sit together and they can come up with a plan of what he needs to do in the next five years. So rather than seeing Dr. Joe over here and Dr. Bet, Betty over here and then having no communication between them, they all work together. And it makes the process a lot easier wow. because every the dentist knows what the you know ear knows, the ENT knows, which is what the speech knows, which is what the you know audiologist knows. They all know the same thing. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it is really, really nice. And it's one of the reasons we, our insurance changed partway through our journey. Um, just cause that's what happens in life. Um, but we still have had two amazing cleft teams and I wouldn't do it any other way at all. <laughs> it's so nice. It's a long day. Your panel days are long. You're there for a good couple hours, but then you're done. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it sounds like one of your biggest lessons was just that your emotions are valid, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. They're, they're valid. They're okay. Um, and it's, it is essentially almost like you, you're grieving the loss of the child you envisioned and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but the child you have is still going to be perfect in their own way. And they're still going to be beautiful and you're still going to love them no matter what, because like that had been a fear of mine is like, oh my God, what if I don't love him when he's born? What if his face is so, and no, no, that doesn't happen. No. <laughs> that does not happen. You still love him just as much and even more. And you get two smiles. You get to fall in love with two smiles. So that's pretty special. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I love Yeah. Thank you for having family. me, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Yes. Say hi to your family for me. I will. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. I will. And we'll have, we'll talk with you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Hey, everyone. I'm so thankful you found this space for supporting yourself and your family's well-being. I wanted to let you know about a few other products I've created to help you in your journey. The first is a card game that I've played with kids in the therapy office a ton. It is designed to increase skills in emotional identification, theory of mind, and empathy which I know can be really tough concepts to teach. Check it out at Why'd They Do That on Instagram or Why'dTheyDoThatGame.com. The second is something new that I'm really excited about. I've designed a workshop to use interventions that I use a lot with mamas in the room to create a self-guided experience for moms who struggle with feeling like they can't get it right, are always failing at something, or can never measure up as a mom. It's a mindset reboot called Smotherhood Untangled, and I'll be launching on September 22nd, 2022. Hop on over to my Instagram or sign up for my emails to stay up to date and snag your spot. Thank you, thank you to Katie for sharing her family's story with us today. I was so honored by how raw and real she was sharing her emotions of feeling responsible for what her son and family were going through. I think that's an emotional side of motherhood that it's often present, but it's so sensitive, so vulnerable, so vulnerable to shame that we tuck it away and hide it for fear that it could be true. It's powerful to hear another parent own that experience and say the words that sometimes it's hard for us to even say to ourselves. Could it be my fault? And if it is, what does that mean about me? 
This may be one of the biggest questions that has the power to take us down a dark and scary road. She was right, though. The answer to those questions is to find your community. Find people who have been there, who can encourage you, and let you know they felt it too. I also want to highlight the medical team aspect that she shared about. This really gave me a mental double take. It sounds amazing to have a full spectrum medical team able to meet in one day. Can you even imagine having all your medical providers talk to each other about your child in a single day? In some ways, this seems like the medical model finally not failing this family and instead seeing them and valuing their needs and providing the absolute best level of care available. This is the model I would love to see implemented more often and seems like a real way to support the parents of special needs kiddos and having their needs met in a more accessible way. It is definitely an approach we should all ask for and support as often as possible. I am so hopeful that the work of this podcast will inspire parents and caregivers to acknowledge their emotions, find some support, and realize that the storm calms. We find new normals and come to the other side stronger. I loved Katie's line, you get to fall in love with two smiles. It represents so well the idea that even if we are walking a path we wouldn't have chosen in a life we never could have predicted, the love, joy, and family are all just as abundant just as magical, and just as meant to be. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I hope it was inspiring and encouraging for you in your journey. If you enjoyed it, I love it if you could share it with your friend, subscribe for future content, and leave us a five-star review. This will help us grow our reach so others can join our community of support. If you would like to share your unique story with the Challenge Accepted community, feel free to reach out to me on social media, Stephanie Lucas MFT, on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for being a part of our team.